The following audio is from Central Christian Church, located in Portales, New Mexico. To connect with Central, go to centralwire.org. Where you 
Your name is power, your name 
Good morning. I I want to start off first, and I want to say thank you. You know, uh, uh, he just Don just touched on the fact that I had surgery, and I really would like to personally thank you for the prayers, the cards, the visits, everything that while I'm recovering and getting better, uh, they mean a lot to me and my family. I'd also like to say Happy Father's Day to everyone. That's not what I'm going to talk about this morning, but it deserves mention because we've all heard the saying, anybody can be a father, but it takes a man to be a dad. So happy Daddy's Day to those who try. I wanted to talk about this past Friday night, we had a unique experience. We got to go see 38 Special. So something, you know, that we've been wanting to do for, what I mean, 35 years. But <clears throat> when we got there, we were excited. And other than the fact that, you know, the bleachers were hard and it was uncomfortable and the music was pretty loud and it was late at night, when you get past all those old man problems... When he fired that guitar up for the first time, I felt 18 again. You know, there there was power in that music. You know, it brought us back to our youth, and I thoroughly enjoyed the concert. And, you know, the guy sitting right in front of me, he got two concerts because 38 Special was singing, and I was right behind him singing, too. <laughs> but... You know, the excitement and the anticipation that built up with that, the fact of how I felt while I was there. I just felt the power in the music. You know, music is such a powerful part of our worship. You know, we just finished a beautiful set of songs. And it reminds me of Psalm 69, verse 30. Then I will praise God's name with singing, and I will honor him with thanksgiving. For this will please the Lord more than sacrifices. The, the, the songs are powerful. You know, the song we just sang before this, It Is Well With My Soul. That song still gets me way down deep because that song was played at my mother's funeral. You never forget stuff like that. And when you get past the tune and you listen to the words that we just sang, it is well with my soul. Because of the hope, the promise that we have. One of the ladies that I work with, her mother just passed away as well. And we were talking about songs for the funeral. Jancy, can you put that up, please? <clears throat> we, the song, I Can Only Imagine, came up in our discussion. I'm sure all of us have heard this song. Forget the music for a second. Read the words. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side you cannot read those words without being moved inside that's the spiritual hope that lives within each one of us the promise of something better living with our savior look at the chorus surrounded by your glory what will my heart feel will i dance for you jesus or in awe of you, be still. Will I stand in your presence or to my knees? Will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? This may be the most powerful song ever written to me. Because every one of us will face that day. And yet every one of us looks forward to this more than we even know. 
John chapter 14, verse one, uh, verse 1 and 2. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my Father's home, and if this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And when everything is ready, I will come and get you. We're fixing to partake of the Lord's Supper, communion, celebrating his death. This is not what gets us to heaven, folks. This is just remembering that sacrifice for us. Those words up there, that's what we focus our heart on. What will I do? Because I know what he did for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this time. We're so thankful that we have the opportunity to worship to you. And we pray that our songs of worship and praise are pleasing to you. Father, we thank you for the gift of music that you have given us and how it touches our soul. Father, as we gather together around this table to partake of this communion, soften our hearts. Father, close out the world. Let us just truly commune with you and look forward to when we are together. In Jesus' name we pray. Hey, if you haven't gotten a new uh, Father's Day gift yet, I saw one. Uh, I think you can get it on Amazon. It is a, it's a combination. It's a, like a phonograph and a CD player and a Bluetooth. Uh, and it's one big box, but it's covered all the way around in chocolate. It doesn't look very pretty, but it sounds sweet. <laughs> I, I got you, I got you, I got you. With dad jokes. This is the one day a year I get to do this. You can't do anything about it. You're stuck there. So here we go. Why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants? Why did the golfer bring two? That's like, I need, I need you up here for the rim shots too, you know, because he got a hole in one. Uh, how do you stop a bull from charging? Take away his credit card. There you go. How do you follow Will Smith in the mud? You follow the Fresh Prince. That just jumped right up there and slapped you, didn't it? What, too soon? Uh, what's, the be- <laughs> what's the best thing about Switzerland? I don't know, but the, the, the flag is a big plus. And why do seagulls fly over the sea? If they flew over the bay, they'd be bagels. <laughs> Come on. I don't care. I, I really don't care. <laughs> a groan is as good as a laugh in my book. I, I don't really care. All right? I, you know, no one ever expects to set and, and sets out to fail. Nobody ever sets out to fail. They, they don't... Build their life going, man, I cannot wait to be an alcoholic. I am so looking forward to bankruptcy. No bride has ever walked down the aisle wearing white expecting divorce. No one plans for addiction, broken heart, despondency, suicide. But we have all of those things. How do we get there? Would it be safe to say that too often we choose the wrong road? How many of you in here have taken a wrong road in your life somewhere down the line? Hallelujah. Amen. All right. We've all chosen the wrong road. We're in this series called Road Trip. We're talking about taking God with you on the road. A lot of people say, oh, God is with us all the time in this big esoteric experience. Yes, I get it. But I'm talking about, are you with God? Are you taking God with you? Are you walking with him? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 4 if you're joining us online on the radio. And it's an interesting story of the temptations of Jesus. That's where we're going to be. I'm going to be in the New Living Translation. And you're, a bunch of you are sitting there going, oh, I've heard sermons on the temptations of Jesus. I've heard hundreds of them. Well, you're about to hear hundreds and one because that's where we're going to be. But I don't want to just do the same thing. I want us 
to look deeper at the roots of what happened and the roads that he could have taken. Okay, join me in Matthew chapter 4. How many of you got your Bibles? Lift them up, lift them up. Bible believing and a Bible using church. That's going to come into play in just a little while. Matthew chapter 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you're the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city, Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you're the Son of God, jump off, for the Scriptures say he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you up with their hands, so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, you must not test the Lord your God. Next, the devil took him to the peak of a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. I'll give it all to you, he said, if you'll kneel down and worship me. Verse 10, he says, get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil went away and the angels came and took care of Jesus. Let's see if we can go back and unpack some of this. First, did you notice who led him into the desert? It is very easy to say, oh, this was after his baptism. He went on a retreat. But if you look real closely at verse 1, it says very clearly the Holy Spirit, the Spirit with a capital S, that would be the Holy Spirit, led him there on purpose. It said to be tempted. It put him in that situation. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't Satan caught him out there by his own lonesome. It was on purpose. Can you trust the Holy Spirit's leading in your life even when it doesn't make sense? Now, we know it up here, but sometimes that's hard. Sometimes it's hard when you're on a path and you want to go and suddenly there's a stop. Or there's a turn, and you're like, but, but I thought we had a plan, God. I thought everything was working right. Listen to me now. You may be in a tough season in your life. This may, this may be a hard week or a hard year or just a hard season, and you're struggling, and you don't know what's going on. Could the Holy Spirit be preparing you for something? Okay, do you see what that... The Holy Spirit led him to be tempted. It was a training for Jesus. It was a a place of growth. And friends, you will be pushed to a point of trust. God will always push us so we can trust him more. Now let's break down the temptations. The first one seems easy to explain. Stones to bread. But is it? Turn rocks to bread. Did you notice when the enemy arrived? It was when he had been out there for 40 days and 40 nights. It didn't say 40 days, uh, you know, he was out there for 40 days, but on the first day Satan showed up. It didn't say that. It said that while he was there, the enemy arrived to tempt him. And it also said he had been there for 40 days without eating. And look at verse, I think it was in verse 2. He fasted and he became very hungry. Our physical brother Jesus became very physically hungry. And the enemy shows up and starts whispering, Hey, it's what you need. You're going to die. You should just turn those rocks into bread. It's what you need. It's what you want. He attacks Jesus when he's weak. How many of you have seen the Snickers commercials where they get some star in there, you know, and, and Betty White's in there and all these other people. And they're playing some game and they're like, man, you're not really yourself here. I have a Snickers, all right? Yeah, do you see these? Nod, show me you're still awake. Okay. Um, we've seen these commercials and I laugh at them, but I, there's something really powerful there. It's just saying you're not yourself when you're hungry. How many of you have ever been hangry? Uh, we know what that word is. I, I don't know if it's in the di- dictionary or not, but we know what it is. Have you ever been tired, exhausted? Have you been under an extra amount of pressure at work? 
Dads, note this. Listen to this. And I am not talking to anybody but me. You just got to listen to it. I believe that God wants us to be the person of our heavenly father to our children. Would that make sense? That he is trying to get us as dads to be the personification of Jesus to our children, to show them what a heavenly father is like. But I got a hunch there's a bunch of us dads in here that have been hangry, that have been stressed, that have been tired, and have not shown Jesus to my kids. Anybody? And he's saying, look, when you're weak, the enemy will attack you. He will attack your physical side when your stomach is grumbling. He's attacking some of you right now going, I wish he'd hurry up and shut up so we could get to El Rancho. I'm right there with you. Mine's grumbling too. The enemy is trying to attack us physically, just like he did Jesus. Now, the second temptation, jump off the temple, seems kind of dumb to us. He tempts the authority of Jesus. He takes him, and it says the devil took him there. Maybe, maybe they flew there. I, I don't really know how that all happened. But you've got to understand, the Temple Mount in Jerusalem is it's, it's everything. You can see it from everywhere. It's built up on a hill. Now, the temple is no longer there. I mean, it was destroyed. But the temple on top of that thing would be even more impressive. And he took him to the very top of it. And then he started whispering scripture to him. Did you notice that the devil quoted the Bible? The enemy knows our words, folks. And the enemy knows how to twist them and poke them at us in the same way. And he says, he almost dares Jesus to be Jesus. He basically says, prove yourself. Now, why, that, why I said this kind of seems dumb to you and me, because none of us can fly. None of us have that ability, and none of us had Bible scriptures written about that said, hey, we'll never hurt our, our stone, our stone will never hurt our foot. But what if... What if this is showing us that he attacks Jesus' self-worth? He attacks his identity. If you're really Jesus, show me. You know, you say you're Jesus. You say you're this Messiah. You know, prove it to me. And what if he does the same thing to us? He attacks our self-worth. And he lays a temptation out there and he says, you deserve this. Nobody appreciates you. You should, you should get this for yourself. You, you, you hearing me? You should be appreciated more. He attacks his value, the, who he is. Maybe he's attacking our value. He's saying you're not worth something if you don't show it. You know, there's, there's dad guilt just like there's mom guilt. If I don't know how to do it, I'm not really a good dad. I, everybody else knows how to do it, and I'm not doing it. And then social media comes along and and tells us if I'm not getting likes, then I'm not really valid. You hearing me? Teenagers, dads, get this. If you know your identity, if you know yourself as a child of God, then you're going to know what to do when those temptations are laid in front of you, even if it's questioning your your validity, questioning your identity. You see, our identity is not in things, it's not in how much we gather, it's not in public, it's that we are a son or a daughter of the king, amen? We are his. And then that third one comes along, that third temptation, bow down. To me, this one seems the dumbest, all right? It seems the easiest. It's almost like Satan's transparent. I'm like, really, that's the best you got? You couldn't do better than that. I mean, even all of us could figure that one out. That one's super easy. But what if, what if for just a minute you play with me a little bit? What if, what if Satan says, hey, let's make a deal. All right. You see all these people down here, all these people that you love so much. I'll tell you what, I'll leave them alone. I won't bother them at all. You won't have to do that cross thing. You won't have to, hell won't be real. We, we won't have to deal with any of that. You just hit a knee, we'll call it square, and then all of this is done. You hearing me? Then that temptation, if that's really how it is, see, that does change things. 
But you're sitting there going, but Don, that doesn't apply to me. How does that apply to me? What the enemy is trying to get Jesus to do, listen to me now, is trying to get him to take a shortcut. And I think he does the exact same thing to you and me. Trying to get us to take shortcuts in our life. Now hear me good. I am not, I, I'm a big believer in work smarter, not harder. Amen, hallelujah. Okay, I'm a big believer in that. And, and I am not in any way opposed to somebody having a side hustle, getting an extra job, doing something. That's not what I'm talking I'm talking about what are the shortcuts in our life that our enemy lays out in front of us. And let me see if I can make this by going off of that road and going on another road. Anybody remember Daniel in the Bible? Daniel and the lion's den. Okay, we remember that story, right? Daniel was captured as a, a young teenager. He was taken to Babylon, and, and they raised him up, and he was just so good that they made him boss. And, and it made the Babylonians, the other kind of middle managers, made them mad. And they kept trying to trip him up. But they, Listen to this. In Daniel chapter 6 and verse 4 it says, They kept trying to find a charge against Daniel regarding the kingdom, but no corruption or negligence was found in him. And I want you to key on those two words. No corruption or negligence was found in him. They couldn't find any corruption. They couldn't find a secret sin in him. They didn't have TMZ that was, you know, tracking them all the time. But they couldn't find anything because he didn't do anything wrong. But there's another word there, corruption or negligence. Not only did he not do anything wrong, he didn't shirk his responsibilities. You hearing me? He didn't leave anything open. Could that be said of you and I? Could Satan be laying a shortcut out in front of us that he could use against us later. Let me see if I can make sense this way. Corruption. That sin. Hebrews 12 says that sin that so easily entangles us. Is, is the enemy laying a trap and whispering in your ear, it's not that big a deal, it's not hurting anybody. It's just a few websites, Don. It's not. So, so I, I, I didn't quite fill out my taxes completely right. You know, so I'm, I'm making money on the side in a not so Christian way and how I'm dealing it. But it's, who's, who's being hurt? It's a victimless crime. You hearing me? But what if it, it said Daniel had no corruption or negligence? That's the other word there. What if the enemy gets us so paralyzed with fear, with dread, that we can't do anything? You hearing me? That he freezes us and we're, we're so overwhelmed that we just do nothing. All of the things that he has designed us to do, we don't do anything. Well, somebody at church is going to have to deal with this because I'm just too overwhelmed. I'm too, I'm too frustrated. I'm too, uh, you hearing me? And so I just, I just quit and I sit down and I scroll onto my phone. If he can get something like a temptation for us to be corrupt or, or temptation to us to neglect what God has designed us to do, then he can be, he can use that over our heads. You see, on the third temptation, the enemy attacked the desires of Jesus. That's it. He attacked what Jesus really wanted. Jesus wanted to save you and me, and that's where he hit him, is right there. And what on earth would make us think that the enemy will not do the exact same thing to you and me? If that's the way he worked with Jesus, don't you think he's going to work that same way with us? Dads, be on guard for shortcuts that are not of God. I can make some fast money. Oh, but if I hang out here on these websites, I have a good feeling. You hearing me? You hearing me? Because I can get a sense of importance when I act this way. The enemy is doing anything he can to get our eyes off of Jesus. That's his goal. His goal has never been to take us to hell. That's just gravy for what he does. His job is to get our eyes off of God. If he can get us distracted, 2 Corinthians 4, 4 says, the God of this age blinds the eyes of the unbelievers. So they cannot see the glory of God the Father, which is his son, Jesus. If he can get our eyes off of Jesus, he's winning. But I want you to, with me just for a minute, look at this in a zoom out perspective. Why did this happen? Let's go back to verse 1. Why would the Holy Spirit 
take Jesus out in the desert to be tempted? Does God not think Jesus can do what he's supposed to do? I mean, is that what this is all about? Well, let's see if this Jesus really is what we think. Well, he knows what he is. I don't think God had any question whatsoever. I don't think the Holy Spirit had any doubt in the, the validity of Jesus as the Son of God. What if God is trying to show us the methods of our enemy? What if he's trying to show us how our enemy works? That he will attack us physically. He will attack our value. He will attack our self-worth. He will attack our desires. Friends, God is showing us the roadmap that our enemy uses. He's showing us the methods that he uses. But Jesus is also showing us something else here. He's showing us how to fight. How does Jesus respond to each temptation? If you've ever heard a sermon on the, the temptations of Jesus, it probably comes to this point and it says he responded with Scripture every time. And I 100% agree with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. He responded. He quotes Scripture. He declares the goodness of God just in what he was doing. You come at me and, and you tempt me and, and his response is the word of God. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every addiction, over every depression, over every brokenness, over every divorce, over every bankruptcy. You hear me? I just want to speak the name of Jesus because there's power in his name. Why we say it all the time that we want to be a Bible-believing and a Bible-using church is because we want you to use this book. We want you to have one. We want your head in it. And how many of you struggle memorizing Scripture? I'm horrible at it, okay? I'm terrible at it. But what happens, I find the more I'm in his word, the more of it that filters into my brain. The more I soak in his scripture, I may not be able to say, well, that's Matthew 4, 4 or something, but I can, I can hear it in my head. And what if God is showing us the roadmap of how the enemy works and what we need to do? You might be sitting there, why on earth would I look at this passage on Father's Day? Seriously, Don, aren't you supposed to get a dad out of the Bible and do a Father's Day sermon out of that? Because, friends, our enemy will find you even if you're in the desert. Our enemy has never stopped looking for you. He always comes after you. And, and many times, after there's been a great win, temptation will increase. Teenagers that just came back from camp. Man, we were on fire for God. We heard some powerful messages. We got a good community. And all of a sudden, he's coming at us. You hearing me? We got to grab on with all our might to what God has said. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I designed you to talk about me. I want you to go be me to this community. Hang on to what he has said to do. Because when our eyes are set on him, we're going to know what to do. One of the speakers this week, uh, a guy named Al Martin, he's a, uh, he's works in Lubbock now, but he's been a pastor in Texas, and he was in Louisville, Kentucky one time, and he told this story, and I got to visit with him afterwards about it. It was powerful. He told a story about how they were in, uh, he was pastoring a church in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was in a low-income area. It was really, you know, drugs, meh, homelessness, a lot of problems in that area. And they came up with this plan. They were going to do this uh, community outreach, but a lot like we do, we do, we love Portales, right? They're going to go out, they're going to do all these kind of things and serve the community and all of the neighborhoods around the church. And there was one particular couple that he had gotten to know, an older couple named Gene and Betty. Gene and Betty were homeless. They lived in a tent about a block away from the church, kind of down a path in some trees. And it was just an old Walmart tent. They were an old couple. They had some problems, but they were homeless. So during the prep for that week, he went to them, and he had, he had befriended them over time. He said, hey, Gene, hey, Betty, what, how could we help you? Can we get you, you know, how could we get you into a home? And they're like, ah, we're fine. We like it here. But I'll tell you what would really help us, though, Gene says, is a canvas tent. We just got this flimsy little one, and it leaks when it rains and everything. A good canvas tent would be something cool for us. 
So they all kind of, their team talked about it, and they tried to figure it out, and they talked to some people and got one donated, and they, they worked it out on this particular Saturday. Saturday, they were going to go set this tent up for them, basically give them a new home. I know it sounds a little, why didn't you just get them into it? This was the whole story, all right? So they, they went, they got a couple of guys, they went to set up this, this tent. It was Saturday morning, said it was about 1030. So they, went, they carried all this stuff, they went walking down this path, there's no doorbell you know they don't have a ring on the outside of their tent you know they just kind of they start shaking trees going hey gene hey betty we're here and they don't hear anything and they kind of get up and you know hit on the tent a little bit hello hello and they hear some uh, they hear some moaning and grunting out of there and then the zipper opens up and gene is nowhere to be found but betty comes crawling out And it took about one second for him to figure out she was hammered drunk and had been drinking all night long. She stood up. She was covered in her own vomit. The place reeked. Jean was nowhere to be found. It didn't take anything to figure out that they'd been on an all-night bender the night before. And she gets up, and she's on her, and she looks up, and it's Al. Oh, Al, you're the nicest man. I just love you. And she gets up and she gets to her feet and she's staggering and she starts coming to him doing this and he did what all of you just did <sighs> right? and i would too she's smelly she's covered in stuff the area stinks this is not what i signed up to do and then he told me he said i felt like i could hear God speaking to me. He said, I sent you to love these people. Yeah? But she's nasty. She's gross. He said, Al, that's exactly the way you look to me. When you come to me after you've promised me you wouldn't go back to those temptations, you wouldn't go back to that life, you wouldn't go back to those websites, you wouldn't go back to that anger and that attitude and that bitterness. You look exactly the same way when you come to me saying, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I want you. And he said, and I hated it, but he was right. And that smelly, drunk, hungover, vomit-covered woman came wanting to hug me. And so he did. In a very visual way of how Jesus hugs us in our trash. And you see, the temptation is for us to not do what God called us to do. Love God, love others. L1, L2. You hear this all the time from here. Are we going to love others even if they're not pretty? Even if they're not a nice, clean family to come to church and sit there? What if they got baggage? What if they made mistakes? What if they've lived awfully? Friends, we are tempted to do, to not do what he has called us to do. But when our eyes are focused on him, then we don't worry about the residuals. When are you most susceptible to temptation? You see, Jesus is showing us a pattern of our enemy that he's going to attack us physically. Maybe you're sick. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you've just been worn out this season. How many of you have dealt with allergies this year? with a gazillion pollen and wind and no rain, and, and we get cranky and we get whiny, and we, we get exhausted and we're frustrated and we get upset at the world, and we get, and maybe the enemy is just using all of that to get our eyes off of Jesus. He comes at our self-worth, and we start doubting our identity in God, and it causes depression and anxiety and anger and frustration. But if you know that the enemy is working that way, You can respond by speaking Jesus, quoting scripture. The songs we sing, I just want to speak the name of Jesus. It is well with my soul. Maybe you get the words wrong. It doesn't matter. It is the premise of being focused on Jesus, surrounding yourself with community. Maybe you're in a hard season. I promise you, my Jesus said he would never leave you. Even when you're smelly, even when you stink, even when you're covered in your own sin. It is important that we choose the right 
road. This road trip metaphor is fabulous. If we want to take him with us, we've got to choose wisely. Let me ask you this. What are the chances that your kid plays in the NBA? I Googled it. There's actually a mathematical formula. And it is not 3%. It is 0.03% chance that you'll play in the So three one-hundredths of 1% chance that you'll play in the NBA. There's 15,000 athletes every year, and only about 40 get drafted. So it's, in, in, it's, it's so microscopic. What are the chances your kid has to face Jesus someday? 100%. Yet we'll spend all kinds of time and energy on sports. We'll spend all kinds of time and energy going to those kind of camps, and we won't go to spend time with Jesus. You hear me? I'm not guilty. I'm not mad. I'm not angry. I'm just saying, is God tempting us? I couldn't find it, but I I remember a quote one time that said, one of my biggest fears is being really good at something that doesn't matter. And, And God is calling us to be good at him. The temptation is to not be what he designed us to be. Friends, our enemy is coming for you, but our God is bigger. Come on. Come on. Our God is bigger than what you're facing. Your loneliness, your discouragement, your depression, your anxiety, your money issues, your divorce, your problems. Our God is bigger. Will you speak of him and let him heal you? Let's pray. Father God, we want to choose to walk with you. But sometimes the enemy throws things out there to challenge us. And we need you. We need you every hour. We need we want to walk with you. We want to take you with us on vacation to work, to families, to concerts, to camp. Give us you, Father. We just want you. Nothing else. Just you. In the name of Jesus, in the powerful name of Jesus, we speak and we pray and we thank you. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Central Christian Church in Portales, New Mexico. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To connect with us, visit our website at centralwired.org.